Hi, everyone. Good morning. Pastor Jennifer here. We are starting Thursday Connect. And if you were with us last night, uh, you saw Pastor Rick and know that I had some surgery in my uh, jaw. So um, I may talk a little slower or um, but I am, I wanted to be on here today. So let me know that you're there. Let me see you. And we say welcome. Welcome. Hi, Boriana. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it so much. Let me just quiet my phone so we have no distractions. Amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Okay. God is faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me know you're there. I see you guys. Hi, Barb. We're happy to see you. I had some oral surgery this week, so um, I'll try not to slobber. <laughs> and I kind of got my eyes covered up here. So uh, hopefully I don't look too swollen and puffy today. But we want to thank the Lord for Thursday. I'm thankful for Thursday. I'm thankful for his peace. I'm thankful for my sweet sister, Mary Kieri, who has helped us in uh, just talking points and the reflections of what we're going to do today. And uh, hi, Denise, thank you for joining us. Uh, we got some early birds joining from Michigan and from the USA. So we are studying our book. Isn't that a great word? Be, I gotta go this way, be comforted. Be Comforted, the book of Isaiah by Warren, okay? It's a great book. And um, we are on finishing up chapter four, I believe it is. Yes, chapter five. Chapter five, A Refuge from the Storm. Isn't that awesome? So um, you guys are too sweet. Uh, I feel like I'm not talking clearly, but it's okay. I haven't talked very much in the last 48 hours. Um, so we're going to start on page 80 in the book, if you're in the book with me. And um, we're looking really at Isaiah uh, 25 to 27. And uh, we see that in Isaiah 25, he talks about the buffeting of a storm and the beating down of a burning sun in the desert. And Mary had mentioned to us last week that... Um, where do travelers go to find refuge from a storm? So since I'd love for this to be interactive, let's think about that for just a minute. If you're in the middle of a physical storm, what do you do to find refuge from that physical storm? Type that in the chat for me. If you're in the middle of a physical storm, what do you do to find refuge? Okay. If you're in the middle of a physical storm, what do you do to find refuge? Well, what I do to find refuge in the middle of a storm is I get into the interior. Yeah, we take cover. Um, I make sure I have something over my head, right? Wherever that is, I'm, I'm protected. Um, I'm shielded from anything that could blow sideways. I try to make sure. Um, one time I was in Michigan, in Grand Rapids, actually, Denise, yes, worship. <laughs> Michelle, we're glad to see you. Um, 
and we had just moved to a house on the lake and I had uh, we had built this home and Pastor Rick was in another city and I had my three girls and we were just coming back from the grocery store. We had a lot of groceries and as we pulled into the driveway there in Rockford, for those of you that know the Grand Rapids area, I saw this huge tornado storm coming across the lake. So I said, quick girls, grab the groceries, run inside. We went down to the lowest level of the house, under the stairs, closed the door. I had my phone and I said, we're gonna wait until the storm passes by. Well, we could hear it blowing. We could hear things hitting. Um, I was messaging my husband on the phone to say, there's a tornado. It's coming across the lake right now. He said, stay inside, stay there. I'll follow the news. I'll let you know when it's passed. Don't do anything, just wait. And um, after a few minutes and we prayed and we worshiped, that storm passed by. Do you know this huge tree, huge, huge tree out front came all the way down and missed our house by literally like a couple feet. It did not hit on our new home. It did not hit on us. It did not hit on my car. And we survived the storm. We lost a few, you know, shingles on the roof, but um, we were we were okay. The Lord was with us. It was something we'll never ever forget that storm. But I want you to think about what happens in that storm. We didn't. We weren't in the middle of making decisions. We had to pause. We had to rest. And as I've been studying this rest in the storm, the Lord has just shown me that sometimes when there's a storm of chaos, when there's a storm of things happening, we have to just take shelter, make sure that we are covered, shielded, and that we rest in the Lord until the storm passes by. And you know what? The storm always passes by. It doesn't last forever and ever and ever and ever. Now, I know it seems like we have a lot of storms that are lasting a long time this year, 2020. But as we study Isaiah and we think back to the thousands of years ago that he wrote and the prophecies and predictions that were fulfilled in the New Testament, I love what Mary wrote to us um, last week that in Psalm 91, it says they see him as a rock and they find refuge in it. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. In Deuteronomy 32 and Psalm 46, it says that God is that rock. He will be a refuge to those who believe and trust him. He cares for his own in times of trial and judgment. Listen, hi Mary, I'm quoting you in your notes here that you give to me last week. So, what happens to the believing remnant when they trust in the Lord? Oh, I love this. Those who trust God, keep his precepts, God will deliver them. Isaiah 24, 14 through 16. Isaiah 24, 14 through 16. And Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. They will sing during his harvest. I'm ready to sing, aren't you? I'm ready to worship. I'm, that's why I'm joining you today. I may be a little bit uh, on the slow side with after my oral surgery, but 
God is able to be that refuge if we trust in him and keep his precepts during the storm. Think about that. We're in a storm of a pandemic. We're in a storm of elections in America that are unknown. The futures are unknown and undetermined at the moment, but nothing is undetermined in the heavenlies. God has set a path in motion. He has set plans in motion, and he has chosen to rest his anointing on each of us, his children, as we, we, be, we are that believing remnant, that we trust in the Lord and we depend on what he has to say. In Psalm, in uh, Isaiah 26, 19 through 21, now we're on page 80, we're on page 80, it talks about the life-giving dew. Just as the dew brings new life to soil and vegetation, so God can raise deadness out of the earth. The prophet had already announced God's great victory over death. Remember in Isaiah, it's not just prophecy of what God was going to do in their day for their nations that were in turmoil, that were electing kings good and bad and going back and forth between trusting God and obeying his precepts and not trusting him. But he's also talking, Isaiah is, about a prediction of a coming king, Jesus, the Lord, the Messiah, and where we will be, the Holy Spirit, giving these words of prophecy to Isaiah. And he was reminding us, he will do it. He will raise their bodies from the dust, 25, 7, and 8. This is when we know 25, 7, and 8. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. That's a prophecy of heaven, that those who are absent with the in their body will be present with the Lord if they have learned to trust in Jesus. Amen. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and he will remove the disgrace of his people from the earth. You see, we may weep for a moment, but there is, is a joy in the morning that is coming. There is a promise of heaven. I read and shared today, one of my pastor friends said, heaven's going to be awesome. Are you going? <laughs> and so as we think about this life-giving do, as children of God, we should not be discouraged in any death or destruction that we see. We should say, you know what? Lord, two weeks ago, we started a Thanksgiving prayer on Wednesday night. And Pastor Rick said, we're going to thank God for the hard things. Now, that's not easy, but as we thank God for the hard things, we see the promise of life-giving due that the Lord has given to us through Isaiah. Paul compared the miracle of resurrection to the harvesting of grain planted in the soil in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 35 through 39. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 35 through 49, the seed is buried and dies. But out of this death, that seed that's buried, Jesus was buried. And out of his death came the resurrection. Isaiah had written about the travail in Isaiah 26, 17. So he compared the resurrection to human birth. The earth will give birth to her dead in verse 19 of Isaiah 26. Oh, it's so good. 
So in Isaiah 26, verse 17 says, As a woman with child about to give birth, rise and cries out. So were we in your presence, O Lord. We were with child. We birthed in pain, but we gave birth to win. We have not brought salvation. We have not given birth to people of the world, but your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. Go, my people, into your rooms and shut the doors. Hide, now here's that preservation from the storm. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed away. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling. And there will be a punishment, but there will also be a reward. Amen. 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 We praise God for that life-giving due. The remnant has been praying to God, and now God speaks to them and gives them the assurance that they need to hear. He promises to shelter them from the terrible attacks of the enemy. It says in Revelation 12, God will punishes enemies who have slain his people. It's talked about in Genesis 4, Ezekiel 24, Revelation 6, and the unjust shedding of blood that pollutes the land and invites the judgment of God. You know, I told Pastor Rick this week that when I study Isaiah and share with you, I've been thankful to the Lord for showing me how the prophecies flow, that thread through the scripture of creation, a plan, a purpose, a fall, a sin, a judgment, and a redemption. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we, the remnant who believe, who trust in the Lord, will find shelter, that pause in the middle of the storm. You know, they always say when you're in the middle of tragedy or in you're in the middle of grief, that is not the moment to make life-changing decisions. That is the moment to hold steady, shelter in place until that wave of that, that first wave of that storm kind of passes you by and God begins to heal and restore. And what you thought was dead and buried, God begins to bring new life to it. Amen. Thank you, Angel, for joining us. Isn't that powerful that we don't have to fear the turmoil in the moment? And it's hard for some of us, maybe harder for some than others, to sit still, to shelter in place, to hold steady. Hi, Pastor Joe. Thank you for always joining with us, Pastor Tabby. But God is promising that he will bring life out of dead things, that he will take care. Remember, he said, we said last week in our study that um, the Lord will judge his enemies from Isaiah the Lord will preserve his people, and the Lord will restore the nations. And so as we thank the Lord, yes, Julie, he is your healer, and he gives you new dreams and new hopes, and he will bring those hopes for the future back to life. Amen? Hopes for the future will come back to life as we shelter. We don't need to worry the attacks of the enemy of COVID. You know, it's not just COVID-19. It's fear. It's panic. It's even sickness that comes on us that maybe we didn't used to fear before, but now we're all questioning it. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Hi, Veronica. And we say, God, I am, the sh I am under the shelter in the time of storm. Oh, he restores our joy. He restores our soul. And then 
we do have to look on page 81 in our study about the conquered beast. Isaiah 27, 1 says, in that day, now remember, in that day is a prediction of the day when Jesus will come, of the day when God will return Jesus to the earth to gather us all together, and so will we ever be with him in the air, the scripture says. So whatever is predicted in the Old Testament is also again quoted and reminded to us in the New Testament. We see things prophesied, predicted, and fulfilled old to new. We see things prophesied, predicted, and promised, and those are the promises we stand on because we can believe the word of the God. Yes, Mary, he commands the storm. So here's what we see in 27.1. The Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great, and powerful sword. Leviathan, the gliding serpent, we know this to be the devil, the enemy. Leviathan, the coiling serpent, he will slay the monster of the sea. In that day, the enemy will have no more authority over any of us. Sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. This is a promise. I, the Lord, watch over it. I'm in Isaiah 27, 2, verse 3. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I am not angry. Only if there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them on fire, those who come against the name of the Lord. Or let them come to me for refuge. Now, isn't this beautiful? God always has a redeeming plan. It's not, oh, God's going to punish our enemies and that's it and we're hateful. There is a promise and a redemptive plan. In Isaiah, in the New Testament, we see it. And he is saying, or, 27.5, or let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. In days to come, Jacob will take root. Isaac, Israel will bud and blossom and fill the world with fruit. Has the Lord struck her? Has he struck her down? And we go on to see God is talking about the deliverance of Israel. Now, you know, I've been thinking and praying about these prophecies and these predictions of Jerusalem and Israel. And, you know, there are peace treaties going on that we should thank God for. We should be thankful that there is being efforts made to reestablish peace and communication. Because in that day, every nation, the Bible says, every tribe and tongue has the ability to come back to Jesus so for my beautiful, beloved friends that are from different countries in the Middle East, I want you to know that as we follow scripture, it is not saying that some nations are lost forever. But we have to understand that as God's word set a precedent in place, it was for a very important reason that we would see the power of a nation that turns to God and the prediction of one that turns away from God, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So we present the truth with this promise, this beautiful promise in Isaiah 27, 5 that says, let them come to me for refuge, whoever they are. Let them make peace with me. So all of our nations have the ability to do that. And we are seeing that in Israel, when they have turned away and said they could do it in their own pride and their own uh, idols, that they fell. 
And when they come back to Jesus, when they acknowledge God as Lord over all, God blesses and, and, and they walk in prosperity. That's true for each of us. He's made a way back for each of us. We want to be that remnant that will return and that we will understand that in that day, Satan and his hosts, the powers in heaven, uh, Isaiah 24 says, the earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind, so heavy upon the guilt of its rebellion. So we can't say there won't be judgment because I have to believe in right and wrong, otherwise there's no right. I have to believe in good and evil, otherwise there's no good. I have to believe in God and Jesus, my Redeemer, otherwise why would I fear the enemy? I don't need to fear him, but I need to recognize that the enemy is at work to steal, kill, and destroy. And God says he will be conquered. Type that in the chat. The enemy will be conquered. Amen. I want you to know the enemy will be conquered and we will be set free from the bondage to Satan, from the false gods that he uses to seduce his people. We can see that in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. For those of you that are joining me, this is my first time talking. And so uh, I'm having a little bit of uh, issues, so just bear with me. I had oral surgery on Tuesday. Amen. So we see the life-giving dew that God brings up from the ground. That's what Jesus was. He came up from the ground. They thought he was dead and over with, but the enemy can will be conquered. Amen. God always has a redeeming plan. We see that the conquered beast is Satan, Leviathan. We see that in, in um, Isaiah 27. And we see the fruitful vineyard. We see the fruitful vineyard. I want you to think about the times when God did conquer. He, he protected Rahab and her family when the walls of Jericho fell. And he preserved the faithful remnant of Judah when it was taken into captivity in the book of Ezra. He kept his church in spite of the attacks of Satan in Matthew chapter 16 and 18. He will deliver his church from the wrath to come, 1 Thessalonians 1 and chapter 5. He will preserve the remnant on the day of the Lord, Isaiah 26, 20, 21 says. Um, and so as we thank the Lord for this fruitful vineyard, the vineyard is Israel, but here the prophet saw both Israel on his day and Israel in the future day when the kingdom would be established. God wasn't angry. He was just yearning for them to return to fervently trust in him. We've already covered before from Ezekiel where God says, I take no delight in the death of the wicked. I, I have a, a note for all of us. We have to remember we can be like God. We can take no delight in the conquering of the wicked, but we say, Lord, we thank you that the wicked is conquered. I know that's kind of a hard thing to say, but even God in his nature was saying, I don't take delight that anyone would perish and go to heaven. I've got a redeeming plan for all. And so we want to be that fruitful vineyard. He used war. God used war. It doesn't say God made war, but he used war in Assyria to punish Babylon and to discipline the southern kingdom. 
but he did it in love, not anger. He was saying, these are the results. These are the consequences of the choices to reject God. So there is a choice and a consequence, right? And God is, Isaiah is reminding us of that. Verse nine does not suggest that personal suffering can atone for sin. Only the sacrifice of Jesus can do that. God uses suffering as a discipline to bring us to submission so that we will seek him and his holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. In Isaiah's day, the, the vineyard was producing wild grapes. But in the future kingdom, Israel will be fruitful and flourishing. God will guard his people and give them all they need to bring glory to his name. Wow. The Bible speaks of three vines, the people of Israel, Christ and his church, and a godless Gentile society, the vine of the earth, from Revelations 14, 18. The vineyard of Israel is not bearing fruit. The vine of the earth is filling the world with poisonous fruit. And God's people must be faithful branches in the vine and produce fruit that glorifies God's name. Wow. I want us to think about that. In the middle of everything we see in the world, in your city, in your homeland, in our homeland here in Italy and abroad, I want to be a part of the vine that is his church, not a part of the vine of the earth that is not bearing fruit. It's amazing. This month we're talking about um, giving and how the generosity produces fruit, not that you can abound in everything, but that you abound in the fruit of the spirit. So God um, does amazing things in our lives as we learn to be grafted to the vine that produce fruit. So we have to be careful. I know the Lord's speaking to all of us. We have to be careful that in this day of so much division of thought, that we stay grafted to the vine that produces the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. I want to be a part of that vine that is producing those character traits of Jesus that reminds people that when we turn away from God, all of us, and we turn to the pride of our own self, that I can do all things. It doesn't mean, it doesn't say that I can do all things, period. It says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we must remember to trust in the Lord. And finally, before we go into some chatting questions together on page 82, we are reminded in chapter five. Now, this is in a story on the promise of the refuge in the storm. Remember I said, we take shelter, we take a pause. And can you imagine there will be a holy and happy feast? The camp of Israel was directed by the blowing of trumpets, it says in Numbers chapter 10. The feast of trumpets took place on the first day of the seventh month and prepared for the day of atonement. The day of atonement prepared them for the feast of tabernacles, which is the picture of joy of the future kingdom from Leviticus 23. Isaiah envisioned a glorious day when God would repeat the miracle of Exodus and deliver people of, from bondage. The trumpet, Matthew 24, 31. Ooh, Buriana, give me Matthew 24, 31, right in the chat what it says. 
would announce God's victory over the flows and they would worship the Lord at his holy mount. The kingdom would be an endless feast, a holy day of worship. And as God's people, we are awaiting the sound of the trumpet. Does this get you excited how the trumpet is declared in Isaiah and the trumpet is declared in Matthew and in 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. Oh, I just have to read that. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Here we go. It's a big Bible I got, but I love it. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, I tell you a mystery. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50, 51. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? And oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know as we think and study on Isaiah and this beautiful passage of scripture about the feast, this beautiful feast that God has prepared for those who love him, that there is a glorious day coming for the church that we will go to heaven, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Wow, Mary, I'm looking at your notes. Yes, we remain grafted. Jesus depicts this feast in Matthew 8 and Luke 13. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's seven in Revelation chapter 19. The sovereign Lord will wipe tears away from all faces, Isaiah 25. Paul quoted Isaiah 25, 8 in 1 Corinthians 15, 54. The apostle John quoted Isaiah 25, 8 in Revelation 7 and Revelations 21. Talks about in 2 Corinthians 3 and 4, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. But the veil shall be removed. Did you follow that? There is a veil covering those who don't see that God has a plan, that he has a purpose, and that he has a promise of redemption, and that all who come to him can and will be saved as we live with him. We will sing Isaiah's song as we enter into the great kingdom feast. And in that day, somebody type in that day. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Remember the pride of Moab? There is a takedown if there's pride in self. There is a takedown if there's pride in anything other than God our Father and his son, Jesus Christ. 
and the power of the Holy Spirit that equips us, we must be careful that we do not trust in men, that we do not trust in chariots and horses. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. And in that day, there will be a wedding feast that will be so amazing. We will be thrilled that we can join in that wedding feast. I want to be a part of that remnant. Amen? Amen. Oh, it excites me to think about what Isaiah was preaching, that it came true when Jesus came to this earth. And people witnessed him walk. They wrote about him. They witnessed him die on a cross. They witnessed him be buried in a tomb, and they witnessed the resurrection. And there were even those who witnessed his ascension into the heavens when he said, I must go because I'm going to get things ready for you. But I'm sending the Holy Spirit, a comforter, who will be the spirit of truth and he will abide with you. Have you been abiding in the comfort of the Holy Spirit or are you abiding on the news and chaos on social media? I am thankful for social media that connects us right now. We are going to, in the future, try to go to YouTube. So get ready to kind of watch us on YouTube, find our channel through our website um, so that you can see the YouTube channel, because that's going to give us other options. We don't know which social media we'll, we'll land on, but we have a whole program that we use that projects our Sunday services on all streams. Right now we're using Facebook Live, but I want you to go to YouTube. I want you to register and like our YouTube channel for ICF Rome because you will find the videos there and you will be able to review them. If ever we're offline, you will be able to go on a Thursday morning. You weren't able to connect. You go to that channel and you watch, you rewatch something the Lord wants to speak to you again. Yes, we trust in the name of our God. So let me ask you this. Where do we go when we encounter life's storms? Many of you have said you go to worship or you go to shelter. And I asked you about a physical storm. We cover our head. We shield anything that could come in at us. So right now we're in a storm of information, really. And we don't know what information is true and what information is accurate. So we have to shield ourselves. Isn't it interesting that that cover protects your mind? So the first thing we can do is put on the full armor of God to shield ourselves. The helmet of salvation is on the head. Yes, we invite Jesus in our hearts, but that salvation keeps us on the right track, that our mind is not deceived. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, that, that ability to walk in right standing with God no matter what. We hold the shield of faith, which actually we can push forward. So when things come to destroy and to give doubts to us, I mean, if you have had doubts, raise your hand. <laughs> I've had doubts, but I put that shield of faith up and it deflects the enemy's arrows. It says Levithan will be destroyed in Isaiah. We don't have to fear the attacks of the enemy. There is coming a day when we will see the Lord and we will feast around the table and there will be no tears. But in the meantime, Jesus said, I'm going to get it ready for you. You stay here. I'm sending the Holy Spirit who will equip you and empower you and give you discernment so that you will have the fruit of the Spirit, love that abounds to all. So we don't rejoice in the demise of anyone. We rejoice in the goodness of God to preserve and protect. Amen. So 
I'm asking you in the chat, for you right now today, I want you to say which one of the, you know, the, our feet shod with the gospel of peace, the, the belt of truth. We gird ourselves with the belt of truth. Um, what is a piece of the armor today that you would say, Lord, I need you to help me hold that piece steady. Maybe it's, I need to make sure I have my feet shod with peace and that my feet, isn't it interesting? If my feet are shod with peace, I must walk in peace because my feet walk, right? Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news, the scripture says. So in this day of turmoil and chaos, Isaiah is reminding us, shod yourself with the gospel of peace and promise and redemption from God. Walk with peace. Know that God is with you. You are strong in the name of the Lord. Yes, thank you. What is that piece of armor you need to hold steady? Type it in the chat because you know what? When this is Thursday Connect, we're real with each other. Sometimes I'm so thankful for people that even help me hold up my shield of faith. What about the sword, which is the word of the Lord? That's what we're doing today. We're making strong the sword in our life. We're studying the book of Isaiah so that we are not blown away by the chaos of the storm, but we can see the promise of redemption and safety. Amen? Amen. Well, what I see you're shy to answer what piece of armor you, you might be holding today. What about, what can we learn from Isaiah 26 about dealing with life storms? Here's what it says, that song of praise in Isaiah 26. And I'm going to close with this a little bit early. Yes, sword of the spirit. 26, in that day. This song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Mm. Salvation is the wall that protects. That's where we go to run to Jesus. This is a great one to share with others. Like it and share it on your page um, to your friends. You can share the link later to someone who needs to be reminded. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You and me make up the body of Christ. We need to be counted in the nation that keeps faith. He will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, not just when it's easy. Trust in the Lord forever, for he is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high and he will lay the lofty city low. He will level it to the ground. The path of the righteous, verse seven from Isaiah 26, seven. Yes, Michelle, he surpasses all evil. The God always wins. The path of the righteous is level. Oh, up one, you upright one. You make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Verse 9 in Isaiah 26 says, I need to pull this over here so I can look at you. Verse 9 says, my soul yearns for you in the night. You know, in the night, it's difficult. In the night, it's dark and we can't see clearly what lies ahead. But Isaiah is saying, my soul yearns for God in the night. I don't yearn for the light of the news. I don't yearn for the light of someone's approval. I yearn 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Boriana. Thank you, Mary. My soul yearns for you in the night, Isaiah 26, 9. And in the morning, my spirit longs for you. So we wake up in the morning. We have good news. The light is made relevant to us. Are we longing for money? Are we longing for success in our classroom? We know that God wants to bless us. But Isaiah is saying, whether it's night or morning, we must long for the Lord. He is the promise of redemption. And he says, grace will be shown to the wicked, but they don't learn. Even in a land of uprightness, there are people who go on doing evil and do not regard the majesty of the Lord. Oh, Lord, your hand is lifted high, but they don't see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume you. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we've accomplished, you have done for us. Verse 12. I want you to go on and read Isaiah 26 today as we close and finish. Okay? Because I want you to understand which of the kingdom blessings in Isaiah 26 and 27 seem especially important to you and why? Which of the kingdom blessings, we're on page 84, question number 10, which of the kingdom blessings in Isaiah 26 and 27 seem especially important to you and why? I encourage you, if you don't mind to write in your Bible or if you use your Bible like I do on your phone, you can highlight it. You can even make a note and go back and look at it. Um, as I've been studying this, I found things that the Lord had promised me when we were going through very dark things with our daughter, very difficult things with our health in many years ago. And I see highlighted portions in my Bible that have just blessed me abundantly. And so I want to leave you once again with Isaiah 32, verse 17. Isaiah 32 Verse 17, thank you, Mary. We're going to yearn for him in the night and we're going to long for him in the morning. So whatever way we see, whatever way we see, we long for him and we have peace. Isaiah 32, 17 says the fruit of righteousness will be peace. So if you're not in peace, maybe you need to get that breastplate of righteousness on. Right now, maybe you need to say, dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me for my inequities and my, my sin against you, my doubt against you, my uh, blessing over the wicked, God, whatever it might be. Get me back in right standing. Get my mind back on things eternal, the promise of Jesus, because the fruit of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places. Wow. I want you to know today, the Lord has been speaking to me that there may be some storm clouds and we may have some battle fatigue, but the Bible says God will be with us in battle and that our salvation will be the walls and gates that protect us. We have been talking about that refuge in time of storm that shield and that armor and that promise, peace, power, strength, and purpose. That's what God gave me in the very beginning as we started Thursday Connect online at the middle of COVID lockdown. No matter what comes, we yearn for him in the night. 
We long for him in the night. We yearn for him in the morning, whether it's good or bad, dark or light. God wants to be the Lord and the Savior of your world. So we don't look to men's actions to give us peace. We don't look to cities' actions to calm our storm. We look to the one who gives refuge over all. And we can trust in him because his word has been true from the Old Testament to the New Testament to you and me, the New Testament church today, that he will give us peace, power, strength, and purpose. Amen? I know that there are those who have been battling some things that are big battles and they are difficult. And we don't see the answer yet. But what did Isaiah say? The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be a quietness and a confidence. And my people will live in peaceful dwelling places. So we thank the Lord that he gives us a refuge. And I want to just encourage you. Maybe you've been in, in a situation with friends or family members where there has been turmoil, where there has been chaos, where there has been unrest. We know that... Um, all of the things going on in the world, the enemy is trying to use to divide us as a church. Don't let that happen, God's people. Don't let that happen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. I love you and I'm praying for you. We put our hope in Jesus Christ and we don't need to argue what God's going to do for our lives. But the Bible says clearly, he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. But if we, I'm responsible for me. So if I turn away from the fruit of the spirit, from what God wants to do, Jesus saying, I'm giving you this Holy Spirit. I might not be right here on earth with you, but you've got the Holy Spirit who will empower you. He will comfort you abundantly. Every morning when you wake up, he will comfort you. Every night when you lay your head on your pillow, he will comfort you. In every tumultuous situation of documents and strategies that you're trying to figure out. And remember what we said. He said, be still. There will be a quietness when you're in the middle of the storm. Just pause. Just pause. Just, you know, I told you about my storm in Michigan. And we had to wait until the storm passed before we came up out of that basement. We could figure out what was going on on the outside. But on the inside, we remained safe. And so today, I want you to remain safe on the inside. And no matter what is happening on your external, I want you to know that God gives us refuge in times of storm. And he is our peace. He is our comfort. He gives us purpose. He gives us wisdom. He lets us, if we are grafted to the vine that produces fruit. Amen. Oh, I love that verse. I love Isaiah. It's such a beautiful thing that I can know. Why does Jesus want you to be looking for heaven? Because if not, you might give up now and miss heaven. And God doesn't want that to happen. He wants you to hold tightly to the vine of Jesus Christ and the promises of his redemption and his power. And he will perform what he has for you. Amen. Thank you so much for your chats in the chat in the chat group. It helps me a lot. I go back and read them. I know other people do. We have a lot of people who join at different times and they have told me as well that this is helping them. And so I'm thankful, thankful for your patience and your love 
and your support. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you so much for this time we've had as we study Isaiah, as we see that there might be a storm, but you give us refuge. God, as we begin to study chapter six next week on page 85, we're going to see some storm clouds over Jerusalem. We're going to see some storm clouds over our kids. But you know what, God? You declared that there would be peace. And so, Lord, we don't fear the storm. We are anchored in the palm of his hands. Yes, he holds us tightly. So, Lord, be with your daughters and sons. Be with your pastors. Yes, Mary, the power of pause. We had that on our Saturday event. It was so beautiful. Thank you for reminding us, Selah. Yes, Psalm 4610. God, let your people know you are with us in the storm. You give us refuge in the storm. And you have a purpose. Even in the battle, you will use it to discipline us, to show us the importance where our values are lying. And we need to trust our values that are kingdom values. So today, God bless your servants. Let them rise up with faith, courage, hope, and love in the name of Jesus. Amen. I love you. And if you are in Rome, please join us for one of our 10 a.m. or 11.45 on-campus services. They've been very powerful. You're going to love Pastor Rick's animated message on the jar lady and how God's never-ending oil runs out. If you follow us online Sunday at 11.45 Rome time, we will have our online services. Sunday, 11.45 online. 10 a.m. and 11.45 on campus, and you need to register for the on-campus seats. We also have pre-service prayer um, from 9 to 9.30, so you have time to join the pre-service prayer room for 30 minutes online or here in Rome, and then still get to church at the appointed time. And so I bless you. Check out the website. Make sure you register for all the great things, Tuesday class, Wednesday prayer, connect to grow, uh, pre-service prayer on Sunday, and uh, we are thanking the Lord. I'm telling you what, Faith Moves Our Giving has been a phenomenal month. God has given Pastor Rick such powerful messages. Uh, people are just being inspired to trust the Lord in new ways, in, in practical ways that are literally lifting their heart, and we're seeing miracles unfold. Today, I got another miracle of a scholarship given, so we trust the Lord that he is with us in all things because the peace of God rests upon each of us. God bless. Love you. Mwah.